Sleeping Beauty. Once upon a time, in the days where there were fairies, a king and a queen reigned in a country far away. Now this king and queen had plenty of money, plenty of fine clothes to wear, plenty of good things to eat and drink, and a coach to ride out in every day. However, although they had been married many years, they had no children. And this saddened them very much, as they dearly wanted a child. One day, as the queen was walking by the side of the river at the bottom of the garden, she saw a poor little fish that had thrown itself out of the water and lay gasping and nearly dead on the bank. The queen took pity on the little fish and threw it back in, again into the river. Before it swam away, it raised its head out of the water and said, I know what your wish is, and it shall come true. In return for your kindness to me, you will soon have a daughter. What the little fish had said soon happened, and the queen had a little girl so beautiful that the king could not stop looking at her, he was so happy. He said he would throw a great party and show the child to all the land. So he asked his kinsmen, his nobles, friends and neighbors. But the queen said, I will have the fairies also, that they might be kind and good to our little daughter. Now there were 13 fairies in the kingdom, but as the king and queen had only 12 golden dishes for them to eat out of, they were forced to leave one of the fairies without asking her. So 12 fairies came, each with a high red cap on her head, red shoes with high heels on her feet, and a long white wand in her hand. After the feast was over, they gathered around a ring and gave all their best gifts to the little princess. One gave her goodness, another gave her beauty, another gave her riches, and so on till she had all that was good in the world. And just had eleven of them had done blessing her, a great noise was heard in the courtyard and word was brought that the thirteenth fairy had come with a black cap on her head, black shoes on her feet, and a broomstick in her hand. She quickly came up into the dining hall. Now, as she had not been asked to the feast, she was very angry. She scolded the king and queen very much and set to work to take her revenge. So she cried out, the king's daughter shall in her 15th year, be wounded by a splendle and fall down dead. Then the twelfth of the fairies, who had not yet given her gift, came forward and said that all the evil wish must be fulfilled, but that she could soften its mischief. So her gift was that the king's daughter when the spindle wounded her, should not really die, but should only fall asleep for a hundred years. However, the king hoped still to save his dear daughter altogether from the threatened evil. 
So he ordered that all the splindles in the kingdom should be bought up and burnt. But all of the gifts of the first eleven fairies came true in the meantime, for the princess was so beautiful, well-behaved, good, wise, that everyone who knew her loved her. It happened that on the very day she was 15 years old, the king and queen were not at home, and she was left alone in the palace. So she roved about by herself and looked at all the room chambers until at last she came to an old tower to which there was a narrow staircase ending with a little door in the door there was a golden key and when she turned it the door sprang open and there sat an old lady spinning away very busily why how now good mother said the princess what are you doing here Spinning, said the old lady, nodding her head and humming a tune while the wheel buzzed. How prettily that little thing turns round, said the princess, who took the spindle and began to try to spin. But scarcely had she touched it before the fairy's prophecy was fulfilled. The spindle wounded her, and she fell down lifeless on the ground. However, she was not dead, but had only fallen into a deep sleep. The king and the queen, who had just come home in their court, fell asleep too. The horses slept in the stables, the dogs in the court, the pigeons on the housetop, and the very flies slept on the walls. Even the fire on the heath left off blazing and went to sleep and the spit that was turning about with a goose upon it, for the king's dinner stood still. The king, who was at that moment pulling the kitchen boy by the hair to give him a box on the ear for something he had done amiss, let him go, and both fell asleep. The butler, who was slyly tasting the ale, fell asleep with the jug at his hips, and thus everything stood still and slept soundly. A large hedge of thorns soon grew around the palace and every year it became thicker and thicker. At last, the old palace was surrounded and hidden, so not even the roof or the chimneys could be seen. But there went a report through all the land of the beautiful sleeping princess so that, from time to time, several kings' sons came and tried to break through the thicket into the palace. This, however, none of them could do, for the thorns and bushes laid hold of them as it were with hands that they got stuck or could not escape. After many years, there came a king's son into the land, and an old man told him the story of the thicket of thorns, how the beautiful palace stood behind it, and how a wonderful princess lay in it asleep with all her court. He told, too, how he had heard from his granddaughter that many princes, many princes, had come and tried to break through the thicket, but all they had stuck fast in it. Then the young prince said, All of this shall not frighten me. I will go and see the sleeping princess.
The old man tried to hinder him, but his mind was made up to go. Now that very day, the hundred years were ended, and as the prince came to the thicket, he saw nothing but beautiful flowering shrubs. He got through them with ease and shut in after them as thick as ever. Then he came at last to the palace, and there in the court lay the dogs asleep. The horses were standing in the stable, and on the roof sat the pigeons fast asleep with their heads under their wings, and when he came into the palace, the flies were sleeping on the walls, the spit was standing still, the butler had a jug of ale at his lips, and the maid sat with a chicken on her lap ready to be plucked, and the cook in the kitchen was still holding up her hand as if she was going to beat the boy. Then he went on still farther, and all was so still that he could hear every breath he drew. At last, he came to the old tower and opened the door of the little room in which the princess was, and there she lay, fast asleep on a couch by the window. She looked so beautiful that he could not take his eyes off her, so he stooped down and gave her a kiss. But the moment he kissed her, she opened her eyes and awoke, smiled upon him, and they went out together. Soon the king and queen also awoke, and all the court, and gazed on each other with great wonder. And the horses shook themselves, and the dogs jumped up and barked, and the pigeons took their heads from under their wings and looked about and flew into the fields. The flies on the walls buzzed again. The fire in the kitchen blazed up round and went to the spin with the goose from the king's dinner upon it. The butler finished his drink. Of ale. The maid went on plucking the fowl, and the cook gave the boy the box on his ear. The prince and the princess were married. There was a tremendous feast. Oh, yes, there was a tremendous feast on their weddings. And they lived happily together for the rest of their lives.